Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone. I'm two minutes late tonight. It's been like such a busy day, but it's been a really good day. So I'm looking forward to talking to all of you guys tonight. I always look forward to my Thursday night Facebook lives. And it's kind of fun because as I go through the week and as I'm riding my horses and just thinking about things, I always think of you guys and I think, oh, like I should my group because what's kind of fun about this is that we're all together we're all riders and we're all struggling to and sometimes are better than others so in tonight's i'm going to be talking a little bit about the webinar i have coming up this sunday i'm going to be answering some questions from patreon we have some new members on patreon so we'll be talking about that. I'm going to be talking also about dressage is hard and kind of how to rationalize making progress and struggling. And when you try hard and you just feel like things aren't going well. And then I have some questions from you guys to answer. So thumbs up if that sounds good for tonight. Um, What else do we have going on? Let's see. Okay, we have some people watching. We have nine people on Facebook. I'm live on Facebook and also on YouTube tonight. So before we get started, I'm doing a webinar this Sunday at 12 noon Pacific time all about show season. So I'm going to be giving you guys some really great tips to help you get ready and have a successful show season. So how to prepare for the show, how to decide which level to enter um, how to memorize your test, how to deal with your horse in a new situation, how to deal with show nerves. What else do you want to learn about this weekend? Um, hopefully we can cover as much as possible. Be sure to opt in so that you get the Zoom link to join. So the URL is ameliasdressageacademy.com forward slash show season. That should be in the description below. If you haven't signed up yet, be sure to do that. Um, the other thing is that we switched email platforms. So if you've missed my emails this week, be sure to check like your promotions folder or your junk mail folder. And then you're going to want to drag that email into your like star it or mark it as important so that you make sure to get the weekly emails from me. So I'm going to get started with Patreon. Um, we have a lot of new supporters on Patreon. For those of you guys that don't know what Patreon is, it's a way to kind of, it's like a tip jar. So it's a way to leave me a little tip for all the free content that I produce. And then on Patreon, I also post a lot of behind the scenes footage. So I posted on there Natasha's freestyle, her musical freestyle. I posted um, some videos of just like me with my horses. And our new members this week, we have Pamela, Rebecca Young, uh, Nicola, 
Nutmeg1422, Paula, J. Egan, Elizabeth, Debbie, Jean, Megan, Emily, Beth, and Joyce. So thank you guys for everyone that's part of Patreon. If you're interested in learning more, check the description box. It's patreon.com forward slash Amelia Newcomb Dressage. And now for questions from our Patreon members. Gail says, can you show me videos that illustrate medium trot versus extended trot as required by third level test one? I've read the definition in USDF. I've read the directives in the test, but I do not have any visual in my mind of what I am trying to achieve. Any tips for accomplishing the differences would also be appreciated. Thank you, Gail. So, um, Actually, my husband and I were discussing this. What's the difference between medium and extended? The biggest difference is that in medium trot, you you want your horse to stay more collected versus extended trot that they should actually, they should stay uphill balance, but that their frame should get a little bit longer. So if you think about medium trot is kind of like the body stays small and the and the legs get bigger but extended trot that the, the frame should actually extend and then compress again. But to be honest, you guys, like at third level, I pretty much ride both medium and extended like the same. Like I don't think when I memorize my test, I just kind of think of them both as medium trot. Maybe the extended trot, you go for it just a little bit more, but it's not like this huge difference. So that's just what I do. Um, as far as training your eye for the difference between medium and extended, I guess it would just be you'd want to see like the frame get a little bit longer in the extended trot. So let's see. Hi, Cindy and Kim and Jackie. How are you guys all doing? Hi from Michigan. Yeah, let me know in the chat where you guys are watching from. We have Tracy from Charleston and Amanda's here. Okay. Next question is from Gail again. Who did your choreography for Natasha's freestyle? So Natasha is a Grand Prix mare that I have, and I have like a really fun freestyle that I do with her. It's to piano music that we actually had composed specially for her. So we worked with a guy who did the music and I came up with a choreography. It's really cool because in the freestyle, I do two tempies on a... 20 meter half circle right into the one tempies, which is super hard. But Natasha is a smaller horse and she is so handy. And so it's really cool that she can actually do like two tempies on a half 20 meter circle into one tempies because that is um, a really hard movement. Okay. Next question again from one of our Patreon supporters, Elizabeth. Hi, Amelia. I'm a training level rider, but my mare was trained to second level before I bought her. I'm trying to learn how to ask her to lengthen her stride without speeding up or falling on the forehand. A trainer suggested I cue her to lengthen by bending my knees more to bring my heels back closer to her flank and then scooping them forward almost like a joystick and then bring them back when it's time to shorten the stride. I haven't been very successful. Basically, it feels like nothing happens except that my seat tips forward. And then my horse ends up on the forehand. I haven't been able to find this method of asking for a lengthening described in anything I've read. 
is this really a thing? So yeah, you guys check out my YouTube channel. Last week, we did a video on lengthening the trot. This week, we did a video on lengthening the canner. And here's the trick to it is that when you want to lengthen the, the stride, it's it's a little bit tricky because most horses, unless you train them, when you ask them to go more forward, they just get quicker. So the way that you actually get the, the stride to lengthen is a couple of things. One is that you really have to have connection. Your horse has to be really round, like hind leg, back mouth. They have to be round over their back. The other thing is they have to be supple. So working on like being sure that you can move them laterally for a leg yield that's going to get their back to come more up so that when you ask for that bigger stride that they'll actually go bigger instead of just quicker and then the other thing is that you really whenever you're working on a lengthening or a medium or anything like that that you just do a few steps and come back a few steps and come back you teach your horse and get your horse more supple through the transition so very rarely do I go like across the diagonal and just go like medium trot the whole diagonal. I do a lot of transitions like go a little, come back, go a little, come back so that when the horse starts to go on the forehand, then you want to already be bringing your horse back. I think it's also really good to do them on a circle, like to work your medium trot on a circle line or to work on it from like either a leg yield or a shoulder in something lateral to help get your horse more engaged. So hopefully that helps you, Elizabeth. I think that it's just, you know, experimenting with like going, coming back, going, coming back. Another thing that I always say to myself when I think about doing like a medium or a lengthening is I think of going like slower, bigger, slower, bigger. I don't know. That helps me because I think it's, teaching your horse, like, don't go faster in the tempo. You want the tempo to stay the same. Just the stride length gets longer in a medium trot or canter. So hopefully that helps you. And thank you everyone on Patreon. It's so awesome to have your support. I'm so grateful. Okay. I wanted to talk tonight about dressage is hard. Um, so let me know in the chat if you think dressage is hard. I say this all the time because it really is such a hard sport. But if it wasn't hard, everyone would be doing it. And we probably wouldn't be doing it because we love the challenge of it. Um, so I'm doing a course right now. I'm taking a bunch of students through my dressage training scale course, which is one of my favorite courses of all time. But we're like three, four weeks into the course. And so what happened with this group of students is it's like the first three, two to three weeks, they had all these new exercises and they were really like committed and they were working really hard. And all of a sudden they saw this big like leap up with their horse's performance, right? And this happens a lot. Like you get really motivated or you get a new trainer or a show's coming up or something. And, and so you're able to kind of boost up a level. But then what happens is that after you boost up this level, you get to like a stagnant period where you're not really making any progress. Or sometimes you even go a little bit down. And like in this stagnant place or this place like where you're actually going 
down a little bit can be like so frustrating and so discouraging. So a couple of things that I think are really important to remember when you're kind of in this stagnant place or when things are actually going down for you. One of the biggest ones is to remember your why. And for those of you guys that are live here, let me know in the chat, like, what is your why? Like, why do you have horses? Why are you trying to ride dressage? Why do you ride at all? And you have to really always have a clear picture of this in your mind as you are trying to make progress, as you are showing your horses. For me, my why, and I go back to this all the time, because if I lose track of my why, then the horses just become, you know, like work or an expensive hobby that I have. But for me, my why is that I really love my horses. Like I love to see them in the morning. Another reason that I ride is because of the feeling of it. Like the sensation of the horse's movement under me, like when I feel their power coming up through my body and it takes my body with them. That to me is like just the most magical thing. So let's see. Susan says, I love the relationship with my horse. Absolutely. Um, the, another Susan says, I love harmony, beauty, gorgeous horse. Absolutely. Amanda says, my horse is the only thing in my life that's just for me. And I love him so much. Okay. That's awesome. And for sure, like you, you, we need to be a little selfish. We need to have something that's for ourselves. Donna, I'm just recovering from a fractured pelvis. Hope I clear to ride soon. Tough recovery. I miss riding so much and I love my horse. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really if you have an injury and that is taken away from you, like that ability to ride, it's really hard. Um, someone on YouTube says, can you please tell me how to be prepared for the Olympics? <laughs> okay. Um, ES says, I ride to help my MS. I trained to challenge myself. I own horses because I want them to have the best care possible and because I love them more than most people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who loves their horse more than most people? Uh, Cindy says, I love my horses. I love the partnership. I love the beauty. I can't wait to see her every day. Trisha, it's like coming home. This is why I feel that clear feeling that the horse is totally enjoying the work and we feel like there is a clearness between us. Jackie says, I love my horse and the personal challenge. So it's so important, you guys, to always go back to this because things happen, right? And you have a bad lesson or your horse gets lame or you get hurt or especially like going into show season, you know, where you feel that pressure of like that you have to get out there and you have to perform and you had a bad score or you had a bad ride. Um, I think any time that you start getting into that, like feeling really discouraged or down, you always have to go back to this why is like, why do you love to ride? So I'm glad you guys are all thinking about that and sharing. Um, Another thing that I want to talk about is that this balance between rest, 
versus work. And I know for many of us, like myself included, we're very type A and like we're very driven to make progress and to move up the levels with our horses. However, there is a, a really a big balance between rest versus work. And I tend to be too much over on the side, like where I work my horses too hard. And I'm like, okay, I have to ride them five or six days a week. And I'm working on this and I'm working on that. And I have all these things and I have this show coming up. And I forget that part of making progress is balancing work with rest. So sometimes if you're feeling like you're stuck, giving yourself and your horse a little rest is the best thing to do. It's important for your horse's health. It's important for your horse's soundness. It's important for their brains. It's important for their, like if you have a horse that gets stressed or that gets ulcery, giving them a rest is super important. So um, my horse, Kensington, he's seven this year. He's a super, super talented horse, but he's like a very sensitive horse and he internalizes a lot. And so I feel like with Kensington, I definitely go through these phases where like, I'll have these rides on him where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this horse is amazing. He like is so good. And he's a horse that often looks a lot better than he feels like you'll see him and you're like, oh my gosh, like he bends his joints and he's like super fancy. But after I have like this little up phase with him, a lot of times I feel like I stagnate or I even go backwards and I just can't get back to, um, that feeling that I had with him. And so that's where it's really important to think about like, am I, are you overworking your horse? Um, what else could you do differently to teach your horse that? So a lot of times it's important to a little bit like back up and reroute. So go back, do some groundwork, um, find a different exercise or a different way to communicate it with your horse get some help from someone else or have someone else ride your horse for you a few times. But it's so important to be consistent in your riding and your training, but also to recognize that sometimes you have to back off. Sometimes you have to take a different course and that oftentimes that will get you there faster. So there was one student um, that we were like in my training scale masterclass, I have a group of students that are in premium support, which has been really fun because we have twice a week Zoom calls. And these students are amazing. I mean, they've been sending two videos a week to us. We sit there on Zoom, we go over their videos, we go over the exercises, what we've been working on. And this particular student, she's been like trying so hard. And then she she wrote in the WhatsApp group about how like she had the worst ride ever and she was just going to quit, you know, and then the next day she realized like her horse was sore. And so, you know, it's, it's just important to have support, right. And guidance to know like, okay, I need to back off a little, or maybe something else is going on with your horse. And for sure, I think that that's one of the most difficult parts of training is that your horse can't talk to you. So your horse can't tell you like, hey, I have ulcers. And when you ride me for 45 minutes, the acid is slushing around in my stomach and it's really uncomfortable and it hurts. 
and your horse can't tell you like, hey, my back is sore or my left hock hurts. So it's really hard to decipher when you're training, like, is it training? Do they not understand what you're asking? Are they not strong enough for it? Or do they hurt? And that's just something that you have to work through and you have to like struggle through. And sometimes you make the wrong decision. But I would say sometimes I wish that my horse um, could talk and other times I'm really glad that they can't. So that's just been something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, you know, just to remember that as long as like, you know, you're making like just the tiniest bit of progress, even if it's like so, so slow, you can barely measure it. That's okay. And it's also normal to have ups and downs and to have to reroute, back off, try something different um, and just be persistent and it will get there. So yeah, Barbara says, how about a trail ride break for peace of mind? Yeah, I love doing that. Taking my horse on the trail or putting in some cavalettis or, you know, just giving him the weekend off or doing groundwork. I'm a big fan of groundwork. So, okay. A couple more questions. I hope, let me know in the chat if you're here live, if you're coming to my webinar on Sunday about show prep, I have some really good slides to show you guys. And we also, for people that show up live, we have a special little prize, a PDF to help you guys get ready for show season. I know that not everyone is showing this season, but you can still come to the webinar because I think you can still learn a lot. And I have some tips for people that um, aren't showing, but even if you're not showing, practicing the test, learning the test, learning what the judge is looking for can be super helpful. So let me pull up the other questions that I have. These are from Facebook. So Kareen says, I'm trying to get the bend to the right 20 meter circle, but he still acts like he's afraid of losing his balance inside leg to outside rein, etc. Circle gets smaller and smaller. The canter is a disaster. And yes, it could be me. Um, hands apart, hands together, a little of us both frustrated. <laughs> okay. So it sounds to me like her horse is falling in on the right-hand circles. And the faster you go, the worse it gets. So if your horse falls in a little bit in the trot, it's going to be even worse in the canter. So again, I always think that groundwork is super, super important. I like to teach my horse to bend from the ground. I like to teach my horse to yield from the ground. So teaching your horse to bend to the right from the ground, teaching your horse to yield off your right leg or do like a little bit of a leg yield off the right side is a really good place to start. And then, you know, like say that you're trotting and you can kind of get it good in the trot. Try a little canner. When it falls apart, go back to the trot and fix it. Like I say that all the time. It's always easier to fix things in the trot than it is in the canner. So try a little canner, go back to the trot, move your horse off the inside leg. Okay, Cassie, are you showing in Temecula next weekend? I saw that you were in my pony's second level class in the last show, but I missed your ride. I still haven't gotten the nerve to come up and say hi, but I've been a longtime follower and fan. So yes, I am going to the show next weekend. Um, 
So I'll be at the show next Thursday. Hopefully I'll be able to pop on Facebook quick live when I'm at the show. Joellen, my mom's going to be there so she can um, grab the phone and maybe we'll still be riding. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, it is show season. I love going to shows, but it's definitely, you know, like I said, there's a lot of ups and downs. You have good rides, you have bad rides. And um, for me personally, I like showing because I think that it gives you some goals and some things to work towards with your horse. But I always try to remember my why. Remember that like I love my horse. I love riding. I'm proud of my horse. And also remember that it's all about the journey. So it's about a process. I have a lot of young horses that I'm taking to the show. And for them, it's always just keeping that in mind that it's about the future with them and it's about the process and it's about the journey more than it is about like that particular test. So yes, I will be at the show. I don't know if you can hear Levi in the background, but he's like snoring. Levi, Levi, say hi. Say hi to everyone on Facebook. <laughs> He doesn't understand. Levi is like the best dog ever. He is such a good dog at the barn. He just like goes from the tack room, follows me to the arena, goes back to the tack room. He's like really the best dog. And um, when I was a kid growing up, we had a Sheltie named Biscuit. And Biscuit was a good dog too, but Biscuit liked to like um, chase after the horses so one thing that's really nice about Levi is that he doesn't have any instinct to like run after the horses or chase them. And I really appreciate that because it's not good when the dogs start chasing the horses. When I, I graduated from high school, I worked for Mindy Bauer for a few years and she, it was like, great. I got to ride like 18 horses a day, but she had like 12 dogs. Like it was out of control. And she had this one dog named Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown was a, uh, not a border collie. He was an Australian shepherd. And he would lay in the arena. And like you would, I was always on some like just barely broke crazy horse. And Charlie Brown would lay in the arena and he could just like sense when you had a nervous horse. And he would like run up behind your horse. And sometimes he would grab their tail and try to swing from their tail while you were riding them like it was so bad and she also had this dog that would jump over the top of the round pen when you were like round pinning a horse over the top of the round pen run around a few times and then jump back out so the dogs definitely got um the horses got very dog broke at mindy's but it was like mayhem so levi is uh oh cynthia you remember charlie brown that's so funny um, Levi is a mutt. He's a lab pit bull. That's what they said. And yes, I rode. So like literally the day I graduated from high school, I like packed my stuff, moved with my horse to ride with Mindy. And I did, I rode like 18 horses a day and it was wonderful. I mean, they were all young horses or difficult horses or problem horses, None of them were fancy, but I learned so much by just riding that volume of horses. And sometimes I really miss those days because I didn't really have any responsibilities. Like I didn't have, 
like Mindy handled all the business and the farm and the like taxes. And now I feel like I'm such an adult and I have all these other responsibilities because when I worked for Mindy, I would ride from like sun up to sundown. Like I would get up at 630 and just ride in the summertime until like 830 until it got dark. I was just nuts about it and I loved it and it was so cool. So anyways, that's my why is that I love to ride. Okay, um, Christina, how to get control back when your horse spooks? I watched a horse today continue to throw their head and not come back to the rider. Okay, so spooking, that's a good thing to talk about. And it's always important to consider that like horses are prey animals. So their instinct is to keep themselves safe and like to run away from scary things. So you're never going to take that instinct completely out of a horse because that's just in them. But what you can do is you can train your horse aid. So like you can train your horse that um, when they spook, if they get afraid, then when you ask your horse to bend and turn, then they come back to you. But it's really important that you have tools in your toolbox that you've trained your horse before they start spooking. So one thing that I teach all my horses to do is kind of like to bend and get off my inside leg to put them in shoulder in or do kind of like a one rein stop. And that's the tool that I use when they go to spook, depending on how bad the spook is. Like if the horse is just looking at something, I'll kind of put them on in a little shoulder in and it will prevent the spook from happening. If it's like a full-blown spook and the horse is like running off, then you may have to bend them and turn them in a circle. But again, you have to teach your horse that before they spook. So you have to have kind of those tools there in your toolbox before you really need them in an emergency situation. So hopefully that helps. Um, what else do we have? Any other questions? Um, Jackie, I'm helping out a schooling show. I signed up. Will it be recorded? Yes. So the webinar on Sunday will be recorded if you can't come live. And I'm looking forward to the webinar. Let's see. I thought I saw another question in the chat here. Um, Someone says, do you get a lower score on the test for making a V with your hands to get the horse on the bit? Um, I'm not sure what she means by making a V with her hands. But I, I mean, always I think in the test that you want to be as subtle as possible um, with your hands. So, you know, like you want to really try to just be using your wrist and ring finger as much as possible. So... I think that's it for tonight. I'm going to go to the gym. It's so important to work out, you guys. Your body is like the only thing. You have to take care of your body if you want to ride. And so what do I do at the gym? Well, lately I've been doing like a little cardio and then I try to do like a little weights and I also try to stretch. I hate stretching. My hamstrings are so tight, but like it's so important to like have that mobility and flexibility and take care of your bodies so that you can ride. And in June next month, 
we're going to be doing our rider position masterclass, which I'm super excited about because the rider position masterclass is all about like looking at your body in the saddle. Here's how you need to ride. Here's specific exercises to help you ride better. Because I don't know about you, but I'm so motivated to ride to exercise if I know specifically that it's going to help me ride better. Like for me, I always have to work on my left leg because it's weaker and my motivation there being that it makes me ride better. Yes, Trisha says yoga makes my riding better. And we owe it to our horses to have control of our bodies, to take care of our bodies so that when we get in the saddle, we can be the best as possible for our horses. So yes, good night. Stretching is good for everyone. Um, Christina says Pilates helps to Baca. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys, I hope to see you on Sunday for the show webinar. I'm looking forward to that. Even if you're not showing, you should still come. Maybe it will motivate you to at least learn a test and practice a test. That's always a good idea. I'll hopefully see you from the horse show next Thursday if we're not too busy. So fingers crossed. I'll see you from the horse show and have a wonderful evening. Enjoy your horses. Don't forget your why. Why you ride because you love your horse and good night, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.